If only they knew the hub for young business minds. Yes, people, it's Ted Lawler, and welcome back to another episode of the If Only They Knew podcast. Today, we're joined by Lucy Hitchcock, founder of Sassy Digital and partner in Wine. Lucy speaks about the best ways to build a community online, how to go viral, appearing on TV, and so much more. So if you want to take your brand to the next level, this is the podcast for you. My name is Lucy Hitchcock. I am a wine lover and founder of two businesses. I am the founder of Sassy Digital, which is a no-nonsense digital marketing, branding, and web design agency for all businesses. And I'm also the founder of Partner in Wine, which is a range of insulated wine bottles, tumblers, and accessories. Um, with the aim of trying to make wine a little bit fun again. Perfect. And let's get straight into it. Why did you want to become an entrepreneur or did you even want to become an entrepreneur to begin with or was it something you stumbled across? Um, so there's a phrase that I, I quite like called accidental entrepreneur. So I left my full time job when I was 23 years old. And the corporate life was not for me, mainly because I personally don't like being told what to do. And there was a lot of that going on, um, you know, not in not in a kind of menial sense, but a lot of, you know, it was very kind of male dominated environment and the way that it kind of worked just was not for me. Um, so yeah, I left my job when I was 23 years old and I started working with a um, food blogger kind of doing her, helping her with marketing, um, social media, website stuff on the side. And I was working for her part-time. And so the other days of the week, I was kind of building up my client base to help other smaller businesses with their social media marketing. So then I had too many clients to work with her, who the food blogger who needed someone full-time really. And um, then kind of sassy digital, that's how it came about. So I never left my job thinking I'm starting a agency. I'm starting a business. That is what I'm going to do. I have the aim of turning over X amount of money, blah, blah, blah. That was never really the aim. The aim was I left my job to do something that I liked and that I felt um, I felt a kind of affinity to and I felt that I could be really good at. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of turned into a business from there. Yeah. So is that, that, I guess that's how you knew, because that is such a hard thing to decide, isn't it? Like, okay, this is the time to risk it all because it's such a big risk get, getting rid of like a, a stable monthly wage and a secure job to, to do your own thing. That I guess that's how you knew. Um, but for everyone listening, how do you think, how do you think you should sort of analyze and get to that decision of when you should leave a job? Like, do you think there's certain things? Cause it seems for you, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the passion and, and the fact that you was actually bringing in the work anyway, and you was enjoying it. But do you think there's any other elements you can decide to leave your job with? Um, really interesting. You should ask that actually, cause I was listening to a podcast this morning um, where the founder of Gymshark was talking about this. And I don't know if you knew this, but he actually um, was working in Pizza Hut while Gymshark was still in its early days, but turning over hundreds of thousands of pounds. So he still had a part-time job so that he could reinvest all of his money from his business back into the company um, while still making a living, you know, paying the bills and and all of that. So um, I don't think it's a sensible idea to quit your job unless you have some form of, 
you know, a part-time job or, you know, a retainer coming in that's going to cover those bills. Um, I was very fortunate at the time I was living at home with my parents. So it wasn't, you know, while it was a risk, it wasn't huge. It wasn't massively risky because I still had a roof over my head and, you know, I was very privileged in that way. Um, And my parents just said, you know, try it for a year. If it's not for you, you can go and find another job. And, you know, that was kind of for me about experimenting with what I actually wanted to do with my career. And it turned out that actually, you know, I really enjoyed the freedom. Don't get me wrong. It's been a very, very hard at times. And, you know, there's been multiple times, especially in the early years where I was like, screw this, I'm done. I'm going to go and find a, I'm going to go and find a full-time job. Just not, I can't deal with the the stresses anymore. So um, I think if I, if I could impart any piece of advice, it would just be, you know, if you can make sure you have, if you can afford to take the risk in terms of having all your ducks in a row, whether that's having a part-time job on the side or going, okay, I've got enough money in my savings to kind of help me, you know, tie me over for six to 12 months, then, you know, that's, maybe that's a risk that you're willing to take, but, um, you know, quitting your job on a whim because you, don't like your job and then trying to start a business where you have no money incoming is obviously just not a very sensible idea (laughs) definitely not and I think you're right in what you're saying like being young is almost like the perfect the perfect situation and almost the perfect excuse to go and try try these things and sort of get out there and and like you said if you if it didn't work you, you you sort of had those uh safety nets to sort of fall into even though that's not the best situation at least yeah. it's better than most because I know people that are 40 50 trying to start a business and they're like oh I can't because I've got kids I've got this I've got that and it's like oh, that that just sends shivers down my spine because I can't imagine having that much responsibility because of their age like because like you said like, I, I still live at home as well so I can afford to risk things so I think being young is the best time to do it isn't it Yeah, it is. And look, I know people who are 40, 50 who have started businesses. But again, you know, as you say, if you have those responsibilities, you know, you've got a mortgage, you have a partner, you have kids, whatever it is, you know, maybe maybe they're too far down the line to to be able to do that sort of thing. But I I don't know. It's it's down to personal circumstance at the end of the day. And, you know, I'm only giving advice based on my experience. Um, But, you know, down to personal circumstances I think you would probably know whether um the risk is for you or not yeah and and like you said before like you you was working in you was working and getting experience in what you wanted to do is that right so you was building up that experience before you you left to do it for yourself um how important is that getting the experience because I've had people on that are like they produce content so they spent loads of years working as like a runner for media companies and getting that experience just to get a little flavor of what the world's like and just being in that environment I think that's so important isn't it well I so where I was working before I my first job that I got made redundant from I was working on social media but previous to that um you know at university I I'd been the online digital um editor of our university magazine so I was running social media for that I was learning how to use WordPress I'd coded my MySpace page before so like even outside of work um you know I knew how to code websites I you know that was that was a kind of side experience and then actually how that translate in the real world when you go and get a job you never end up actually doing the things that you want to do (laughs) um you know especially if you're like a novice coder like me but um I I did get experience 
you know, running someone else's social media account. I did get experience um, in website design, like, you know, redesigning massive corporate websites for FTSE 100 companies and learning more about the kind of like legal requirements and all of these things kind of helped me to do what I do today for other people. So absolutely, you know, um, experience is important, but equally, I do always say to people, if you know, if you're in a job that you dislike or you're in a job that you hate, there's no reason why you can't, it's never too late to change your sort of career path if you are so driven and interested in a particular subject or topic or whatever it happens to be there's so many things that you can do on the side it's just whether or not you have the um the time and the motivation to actually go and do those things so you know for example taking a online course in marketing there's so many different ones you can do facebook have them free google have them free you know there's so many different things you can do um you know even just following instagram pages or you know that offer free advice or starting up your own Instagram to talk about your passion for social media and, you know, give people tips and advice and what build up an audience that way before you end up leaving your job, you know? Yeah. No one, anyone who gives advice on social media, all you have to understand is how, how to market and being a digital marketer, you know, that no one's qualified to tell anyone else about social media, you know, unless you're like the head of Instagram or whatever, because you actually know the facts. Yeah. Um, so it, it's one of those things I, I do think experience is important but it's not essential and I, I'm always very careful when I say when I talk about things like that because I do I do honestly believe that you know if you're you turn 60 years old and you suddenly decide that you want to become a window dresser for Harvey Nicks you know and you've been an accountant all your life if you kind of have that creative flair and you really want to go all out and just try and do something like that there's no reason why you can't um as long as you have that underlying motivation to actually go and make it happen yeah Uh, you're speaking about their sort of like working up to things if you think you want to do something and it's a radical change you can sort of work your way up to it and and sort of set your eyes on it Um, but one thing that seems to be seems to have been quite random was your sort of introduction to your latest project partner in wine because it, if I'm right it came around came about from lockdown and you yes. just with, with a mate and then you come up with the idea is that right tell us more about that I think that's so interesting yeah so I mean it may seem slightly random but the way that I'll describe it will give it a lot more context so people kind of look at partner in wine and go that's an overnight success you know that is amazing you know she's only been running for a year and a half and she's already stocked in Selfridges after seven months she's viral on TikTok she's in Oliver Bonus you know we're about to be stocked in two other places like that and the kind of brand awareness is so um you know it's it's a lot and people tend to know what it is and who I am and all of that sort of stuff but um it's for me, it's not overnight because I left my job at 23. I built up all this knowledge around branding, mm. e-com, marketing from helping other people. Uh, Partner in Wine is my greatest case study. That's the way that I kind of tend to talk about it in, you know, if I've got my sassy digital hat on mm. because people kind of don't understand, oh, how, you know, how can you run two businesses, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, as the story goes, I'll give you a short version because if I tell you the long version, it'll go on for like 15 <laughs> minutes. But basically um, after lockdown one, I went for a socially distance drink in the park with my friend. I couldn't keep my wine cool. And so I basically invented this insulated wine bottle uh, and tumblers that holds a full bottle of wine, keeps cool for up to 24 hours and warm for up to 12. And um kind of the aim is to you know not take your rubbish out with you but also keep your wine cold um 
and also if you follow us on social media you know it's just it's all about trying to make wine less stuffy more accessible you know for the average um kind of casual wine drinker like myself you know before I embarked on this project I I would just go to the shop and pick up the same old bottle of wine every single time and you know I didn't really know much about wine um now I've done my WSET level two so I know a little bit more about it um and it's I'm trying to I, I know a lot of other people my age are kind of quite keen to to know about it without sounding like a wanker excuse my French <laughs> but um yeah it's very much a kind of when you think about wine and people that know about wine I always think about like kind of you know white um older male kind of sat at a mahogany desk yeah, you know awesome. and you know like an old boys club when actually you know everyone can learn to love wine everyone can have knowledge about wine you don't have to feel like an arsehole just because you you know you're interested in it and so it's kind of trying to change that perception so you know it's not all about the all about the insulated wine bottles obviously they sell well and you know I you know I love doing it but um it's also the fun part for me is kind of trying to bring that level of education back in a way that feels accessible to other people and it sounds like yeah what you're saying there almost it's looking at your social media and the people that interact interact with you and the way they interact with you it's like you're you are tapping into that culture that already existed and sort of homing it in and, and bringing it in so everyone's sort of interact interacting with each other is that something you sort of realize the way that you're you're sort of building a little community of, of its own isn't it on, on social media the way the way people interact and you've got all those like nice friendly people commenting on your stuff is that something you're aware of yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of marketeers talk about building a community and then you go, okay, well, you know, how do you actually build a community? How do you do that? Let's talk about that. You can't just keep talking into the abyss and hoping someone's going to listen. You've got to do something a little bit different. You've got to think outside of the box. And because I am a marketeer and I know a lot about what people do and how people follow trends and stuff, obviously I'm able to, to kind of try and do that to the best of my ability and obviously it's paid off and it and it works but you know there's a lot of time and effort that goes into that mm. it's um it's not an easy thing to do but yeah we do have a I do have a kind of loyal following and you know people that comment and um message and tag us all the time and and that sort of thing and it's, you know it's really lovely and people tune into my live wine tastings every month and um and actually join in with it which which feels quite nice as well even if there's only like you know 10 to 20 people it's still like a nice kind of sociable thing to do I think. So how, how have you actually done that then how have you built like you said it's quite an intricate thing to be able to do it's easy enough to say oh we'll set we'll create this brand and we'll create a community but like you said there's, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes and little tiny nuances so what if, if you can what are some of those things that have helped you to build that community because from an outsider's view it looks like the transparency and the honesty and I think TikTok's probably helped with that isn't it it's like the perfect platform for that that communication yeah absolutely I, I think to be honest with you the overarching thing that I think helps build a community is having someone as the face of the brand and you'll notice that you know massive companies they just can't do it and you know you may have seen press articles where I've said being small is cool and you know people have messaged me and like oh my gosh you know I watched your video on the BBC and I really kind of resonated with it and it really gave me a bit bit of a kick up the bum and I feel I feel 
better in my choices now leaving my job and running a small business because I realized that you know actually Barclays can't um you know like massive companies like Google and whatever they can't they don't have a face to the brand I mean Facebook probably does with Mark Zuckerberg and you know they they try and they try and do do those things so um but they're a social media company massive companies don't have faces to their brand or people that you know the average customer can actually resonate with whereas I'm the face of my brand and people like um I I don't want to jump the gun but I think people like me Um, (laughs) but I think I'm very I'm very I'm very much how I am in real life online there's nothing you know there's no um there's no fakeness there and you know I kind of just react how I you know would react in normal life and I don't like making videos for example if I'm opening something for the first time but I'm not like I'll open things for the first time on social media so that people can actually see that genuine reaction so um if you can and you want to build a community I would say definitely trying to be the face of your brand is important I know it's difficult people don't like putting their face on social media or they worry about how they'll be perceived and um or people will make fun of them or whatever it happens to be. But I, I, I do genuinely think if you can get the courage to put your face online and out there, it will really help push you forward. And it's really the only reason why Partner & Wine has done so well, in my personal opinion. I mean, m- amongst, you know, the other concoction of ingredients in the, in the Partner & Wine, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in the, in the Grand Partner & Wine recipe for success, that is one of the major contributors to it I think yeah and how how on a practical level how did you actually sort of get started with the business because we know what the business is you sort we know how you sort of come up with the idea but how did you go from okay this could work to actually getting it done and and getting started because I read somewhere you started with like a a really low budget is that right yeah so I started with three thousand pounds for my personal savings I basically um I built the website myself, did the branding, or I say myself in-house um, at Sassy. And um, that kind of helped fund Partner in Wine as like a little fun side project. And then, you know, really quite quickly, it became very much more than a side project and it became a kind of beast of its own. But um, I did have a low budget and I, I didn't, I don't want to say I bootstrapped because I didn't, I did everything in the order that I thought it should be done based off my past experiences with other businesses and, you know, giving people advice on things that they should and shouldn't do. And people basically not taking my advice and going, actually, okay, if they would have taken my advice, what would have happened? Yeah. So, um, I basically just, I mean, look, people go, how do you start a business? Google, Google is there for a reason. You just need to have the you just need to have the motivation again to put the time in to do it. No one's going to tell you how to do it yourself. And actually you'll feel more, more accomplished if you do it yourself. I spent a lot of time on Google. I spent a lot of time doing competitor analysis, research, um, market research and finding a manufacturer was actually the easiest part, to be honest with you. Um, and at the time, my manufacturer, cause my products are made in China, um, you know, I always think I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway, but obviously because of coronavirus, they, all the factories over there weren't doing huge amounts of orders for other countries because everything was kind of on hold because, you know, people weren't sure where they stood. Um, you know, lots of m- massive retailers were actually cancelling orders or putting things on hold. Whereas I was like, no, no, you know, I want to order a small amount. Um, 
the price was good um, they helped me develop it and you know within a few months it came together really quite quickly but I do always caveat that with that is not a normal thing to do you know people people don't do that it was a lot of work you know I've been I was up for like six months between 6 a.m and 1 a.m in the morning wow. you know, packing boxes before and after my day job it wasn't a um it wasn't an easy an easy feat by any means and I think people look at it and go oh you know it's such a nice life it looks so easy <laughs> for her to do that but actually you know there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of late nights and tears and hair pulling and you know whatever but um no I also like to say that because I like to remind myself of it because now it does feel easier for me and so actually the reason I'm saying that is because if anyone's having a shit time at the moment just think think about the end goal and think where you want to be and then you know I don't know six months a year's time you'll you'll look back and go oh my gosh you know I'm so glad I did all of that because it made me feel really lucky now how easy it feels um obviously not every day is easy but um it it feels like a lot less hard work than it did in the beginning for sure I'm glad you said that about sort of looking into the future and almost at the end result the end package and then sort of working backwards because it it seems correct me if I'm wrong it seems like you are quite a visionary in in terms of you know what you want you know what the end result looks like and for you it's quite simple you just work backwards and then sort of chunk up or chunk down however you want to do it and, and get that because you you've sort of looked into the future and put that on TikTok haven't you like you said you wanted to be in Selfridges um Oliver Bonus and then there's other retailers you said and I think you've probably achieved that and <laughs> so you, you you're doing really well and you're putting it out there so are, are you a visionary uh I'm a subconscious manifester <laughs> <laughs> I basically have this thing and I, I tell the story a lot but with the Selfridges thing <laughs> as soon as I saw the packaging for my product I looked at it and I looked at my dad and I said this is going to be in Selfridges. And he went, I have no doubt that it will be. And we got seven months in. Uh, and I, this is literally a couple of days before I went viral on TikTok for the first time. Went for a walk with my brother and he said, Lucy, look, I really feel like you've got, you've got something good here. Like you're doing really well. You know, I was doing, you know, I was doing um, five figure months before I went viral on TikTok, you know, it's like, you're doing really well. And like, I was feeling good. I was in a fulfillment center. I was in a good place. And I was kind of, you know, feeling very positive and like, you know, how can things get better from here? Um, and he said, I think you should get in touch with Selfridges. And I said, no, no, they will get in touch with me when the time is right. They will be, they will come knocking. And literally three days later went viral on TikTok and they emailed me on the same day. Wow. And I talked about it prior to that in podcasts. I'd said like, I want to be stopped in Selfridges. I'm going to be stopped in Selfridges. And, um, you know, that's, you know, putting it out into the universe. I'm not a very, I'm not a very, um, I'm an, I'm a subconscious manifester in the way that I'm, I guess there's a difference between being cocky and manifesting things, but like, I am very much set on like, I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to be here. So say for example, like at the moment I'm in Selfridges and all of the bonus, but I'm not accept, accepting like gift shops to stock my products because right. I'm not quite there yet. Like I'm not, I don't know if that's the route that I want to go down. So if I say I want to be stocked in all of the UK's best department stores, then that's what's going to happen one way or another. I'm going to get there before I do anything else. But manifesting subconsciously is more about going, this is what I want to do. I know I'm going to do it. How am I going to get there? And that's kind of, that's the way that I see it, not necessarily being a visionary, but actually, as you say, 
thinking this is the end goal. How am I going to get there? There is, you can't just manifest something and expect it to magically appear in your lap. It's just not going to happen. You've got to take certain steps to get there. And I don't know, for, for me, part of the Selfridges journey was growing that social media following, having the right packaging, the right branding, the, the whole branding package everywhere, websites, social media, actually, you know, the packaging and what it arrives in, all of that stuff is super important. So, you know, it's not necessarily thinking in terms of like business decision, how you're going to get there. It's more, it is to do with like the whole thing, the marketing, the um the branding everything so yeah what, what are some of the other things then that you're looking to manifest or, or sort of um you're looking to happen soon is there any other things you're like right i know this is going to happen soon it's just a matter of time yeah i'm going global <laughs> <laughs> just smashed it there, there, there was another example as well i'm sure you said you wanted to you wanted to make a million or something like this you wanted to make a million oh yeah sorry then... yeah yeah so this year the goal is to make a million yeah yeah to turn yeah. over a million and and are you are you are you on track or do you think even if you're not on track you think it's going to happen anyway or how's it looking um it's looking it's looking all right we've got lots of wholesale opportunities there's several things that need to happen in order to get there uh but I'm working towards those things. So as you say, like, I may not actually, you know, if you looked at my finances right now, you'd be like, she's delusional. I actually genuinely do think we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's, that's the thing though, isn't it? Like no matter what your goal is, you have to have uh, faith in it and, and the belief as well. But I think most importantly, the faith that it will happen because if you don't, there's sort of no point, is there? Like if you think, if you're setting goals and you're thinking, oh, that's not going to happen, there's almost no point setting goals and even getting started, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think I'm a very ambitious person. And I, I know people say your goals have to be realistic, but I don't see why there's any reason why I couldn't make a million. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the different points that you have to reach in order to get there that that's haven't nice. actually happened yet. But yeah. I don't think they won't happen. I think they will happen. And I think I will get there. It's just, um, I think you have to have that inner belief. And actually, you know, I've not always had that confidence. You know, at school, I wasn't like, I was in the bottom set for everything. Didn't really have that many friends. Well, I did, but like, I didn't, you know, I wasn't kind of in a popular group or whatever. I kind of just like did what I had to do to get by. Um, and so I think that confidence for me came from all of those years previous to Partner in Wine running Sassy and actually getting to a point where I felt comfortable enough to um, set my own boundaries in terms of things that I will and won't do. Whereas when you first start a business, you, you may tend to take everything on, even if it's not something that you're particularly interested in. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And someone did actually DM me on Instagram the other day saying, how did you get to that confidence level? Um, and it is a real journey, but it's one of those things that you, I think you have to kind of work on and be quite um, self-aware about. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like you said before, like there, there is a fine line between confidence and cockiness, but at the same time there's there's sometimes there's nothing wrong with cockiness either. Like, cause sometimes I say things and I, like to my mum or something and she's like, Oh, you're so cocky. And it's like, no, what you said, like there is, I just, I'm just self-confident. I know what's possible and I know where I am and I know sort of how to bridge that gap, isn't it? It's, it's just about self-confidence. Um, but I wanted to save this until towards the end of the podcast. We, You mentioned, obviously, you went viral on TikTok, but we haven't actually spoken too much about it. So 
how did that happen? And like you said, you were getting, you were doing really well and seeing success before you went viral. So how did it feel to then have that extra layer of, of going viral on TikTok and, and what video was it? Well, I'm still riding on the coattails of that viral video. Yeah. So uh, still feeling great. And actually, <laughs> it's nearly, I think I went viral on 3rd of March. So we're nearly coming around a year now and it yeah. still feels like it was yesterday. Honestly, it's, it's absolutely mental, but um um how did it feel it it was honestly I sat I mean I was sat at this desk that I'm sat at now shaking all day and I was like I don't I honestly didn't know what to do with myself um but I posted a video that basically explained you know how I started the business um where I was at now and at the end it says you know if there's something you want to do do it now because you never know where you might be in uh, seven months time mm. and I think some people like that kind of motivational um chat on TikTok but equally I think it's it's a nice story to come out of lockdown and it's a true story whereas you know a lot of people spend a lot of time curating their story for marketing purposes and I'm like but what's your actual story you know what is the actual story behind what it is that you're doing um why did you do it like why did you actually do it not because there wasn't anything else like it on the market you know, there's always a different answer to that. But I think it um, it was one of those things that I think a lot of people just found very inspirational, motivational. And then as soon as it went viral, all the people that, you know, the new followers and whatnot were like, ever since then, of just every single moment of the journey that, you know, stopped in selfies, everyone was like, yes, I'm so yeah. proud of you. I don't know you, but I'm proud of you. Yeah. Oliver Bonus, um, BBC, you know, it's one of those strange things that um, even with like the BBC thing, um, so I, I was on, uh, not Diary of a CEO, that's a podcast, um, <laughs> CEO Secrets uh, on the BBC, actually weirdly, the week after Stephen Bartlett was on there and I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> proud of me. And, um, you know, people that didn't know me were reposting and like yes Lucy and I'm like I don't know you my neighbor's like saying to my dad like my parents neighbor two doors down that I don't know it's like oh, I love BBC CEO secrets I saw your daughter was on there the other day and I'm like what is happening this is just so <laughs> weird but um yeah people just people love the story and I think if you can kind of convey your story uh, and take people on the journey with you um just going back to your point earlier about building a community people do really feel like it's their success too and I think that's such a nice thing to be able to to share with people to kind of bring that level of joy into their life where perhaps you know you turn on the news and you feel a little bit depressed yeah <laughs> and, and that's it isn't it like showing the product isn't enough anymore I don't think in my opinion anyway it's all the ingredients that you've said during this podcast I think really add something to the brand and and to your social media presence because I do it a lot I just post I've got a manifestation journal I, I just post the journal sometimes like it's a nice photo but it doesn't offer anything and every time I do it I think oh I need to spend more time in actually giving something whether that's just entertainment value whatever it is I feel like you need to give don't you yeah, yeah. absolutely um and I think it's I think it's nice to be able to share those things with people I mean I don't share any of my personal life online but you know if I can bring if I can convince someone through a video a motivational video that they've seen my story if I can convince someone who is about to quit their business and go back to a full-time job to continue that little bit that little bit more then my kind of my work here is done as they say <laughs> Yeah. Last few things then. Um, obviously, you mentioned uh, going viral and you're still sort of riding that wave because it is 
it's such a big, big wave. So like you are going to be able to ride it for so long and sort of make, make the most of it. Um, let's talk about some of the success then from that. So your sales went like crazy, even crazier than before or after the video. You're on BBC, you're in the sun, you're in so many media platforms. And you were also on this morning, weren't you? How, how did that come about and, and how did that make you feel? Because I, I saw your um, I saw your post and they, they got the, the name wrong, didn't they? So we've been on this morning twice and both times. So the first time they, um, and by the way, I don't, I actually don't think any, any uh, bad presses, what do they say? Bad, any press is good press or something. Yeah, Whatever no, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They got the name wrong, but we did have a lot of traffic from it and a lot of sales from it. So that was great. And um, the second time I didn't realize, but uh, Phil threw a little bit of shade at me. Um, right. Well, shade the brand. He was like, why would you put it in there when you can just take a box of wine to the park? And I was like, what is he what? about? <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, did a bit of digging. Turns out he's, he has his own boxed wine. So what did I do? Wow. I went and used that experience and put it on TikTok and it went, like blew up and went nuts. So um, yeah, no, all of these things are like a great. And, you know, I mean, you mentioned the sun. The sun did not interview me, by the way. That article is completely... Oh. Uh, I don't want to say it's fabricated, but it's uh, it's an ex- they've taken things that I've said on TikTok and turned it into an interview. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I had a lot of sales that day, so like I can't complain. <laughs> so it's um, yeah, it's an interesting one. But um, yeah, a lot a lot of press that's come about has literally just been off the back of this viral video. You know, I've had people that have supported me from earlier on, like Good Housekeeping Um heat magazine i've got some great um relationships with journalists who've kind of follow along on social media and, and love the story too um and, you know journalists from the mail online where they've basically told my story it's not it's not even about partner wine it's about me um personally twice um so all of that kind of came off the back of it that obviously the stockist came off the back of it um and kind of further to that i've um got a great relationship with the team at TikTok as well I went to their offices yesterday um it's kind of annoying actually I'm not even allowed to talk about why I went there and no one will ever find out unfortunately but um (laughs) I had some very interesting conversations with the team there and um you know before Christmas we produced um 200 co-branded bottles for TikTok and you know they they've just been absolutely fantastic they're so supportive you know they paid the full price um almost immediately as soon as I kind of sent over the invoice and you know um they're very very happy to kind of support smaller businesses in that way and um so yeah I've built some really great kind of relationships both both business and and friendly now um with a lot of different people which I think is is really nice as well so um kind of feels I mean even though I have a team it feels a little less um it feels like my own little business community yeah that's it. and am i right just last thing on on sort of uh, the attention you received after i'm sure i heard you on the flow create podcast you said you got offered dragon's den and you declined it is that right uh yeah funnily enough actually the day after i recorded that podcast i got another email from dragon's den um oh, wow. so they actually they asked me to apply yeah. so they've asked me to apply twice and um I haven't I've decided not to do it because I the only reason I would be going on there would be for a PR push Mm. and I think it could go one like it couldn't go one of two ways but I think you know the way that TV is edited I it's not that I think I'm above Dragon's Den I just think that 
my person the way that I've personally created my brand and the identity and put myself out there I think people know people may know it enough already to um be like why is she going on Dragon's Den yeah. you know so I'm trying to it was a it was an opportunity that I could have done but I you know I spent a lot a long time deliberating around it and I just have decided it's not really for me yeah no that's understandable because it like you said it, it, it would be good but at the same time you could just say something wrong or the dragons could say something wrong and it would just sort of jumble things up a bit um but what what is next for you then last 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 thing what's next for you you've got so much going on you're smashing it what's next so we have lots of new products coming out this year mm-hmm. um we have something completely new that no one has seen before uh as an attempt to stop people copying my business idea which has happened by the way many times over since that viral video um we're launching our coffee cups again on friday and we've got some other kind of interesting things coming out and uh also a collaboration oh which i won't talk too much about well i won't talk about (laughs) at all you can just have that um yeah a collaboration which is something that i've wanted to do for ages and it's with someone that i um I know and love their work a lot so um nice. yeah no it's, it's going to be it's going to be a good year I can feel it in my bones yeah nice nice and um hard-hitting question then what do you want your legacy to be on a personal level on a personal level so like not business related mm, unless unless it falls into the business world but yeah like what what do you as Lucy what do you want to leave behind do you know what I really believe? And this is, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I left my job because I didn't like the way that people spoke to me. And I think that as a woman and as a businesswoman, um, there tends to be this very old school, this old school kind of feeling that, you know, businesswomen are bossy and they they have to kind of take on those male traits to get to the top of the boardroom and climb to the top of the ladder and it doesn't matter what it takes to get to the top um and there's this there's this saying I think that um people will uh what is it it's like people will always people will forget oh people will forget what you said but they'll never forget how you made them feel oh and I I really believe that in my core, like I'm just a nice person. Like I'm, I want to help as many people as I can in my life, whether that's, you know, my personal relationships or my professional relationships. And that's why I'm continuing with Sassy Digital because I want to help small business owners get to where I am if that's where they want to be. Um, And so that is one of my kind of greatest, that will be one of my greatest goals, my greatest goals in life and if I succeed at that then I will die a happy woman so um I think that's probably what my answer would be no I love that and final final thing I know I said final about 100 times final thing this show is called if only they knew so what is one thing you wish you knew before you started all of this when you was when you was younger in your career Ooh. oh I feel like people have asked me this before and I change my answer every time <laughs> um if only they knew. I would say, and I'm going to say this because I feel like my younger self was not massively confident, um, mm. both 
personally and like career-wise um I would have loved my younger self to look at my older self and go wow like she is my role model um so I mean I guess if only I knew how confident I would have been now maybe I would have tried a little bit harder to find that confidence earlier but again you know it was it's I guess it's just a journey um to get to where I am now in terms of how I've kind of built that confidence up Mm. but um yeah for anyone who struggles with their confidence levels I think um as I said earlier trying to trying to get that level of self-awareness and you know reading books listening to podcasts um watching other people um and then actually going to put that into practice whether that's you know asking for someone's phone number or um speaking to someone in a coffee shop just randomly if you don't like talking to strangers I don't know just trying to like push yourself outside of your comfort zone every single day um is something that's really important and you know in my gut if I feel scared to do something I almost like get this sick like I really don't want to do it but also like I'm going to do it because you know I know I'm going to feel this like massive high afterwards um and it's almost that um level of understanding that you feel scared but just going to do it anyway Mm. yeah that's definitely that's one of my things as well well it's been an absolute pleasure having you on thank you so much for the advice and and telling your story i really appreciate it um the floor is now yours if you've got a final message or you want to tell everyone where to find out more about yourself and the company please let them know now oh thank you um so you can find me this is going to be a very long one i say this at the end of every (laughs) podcast um so you can find me on instagram at lucy hitchcock underscore you can find sassy digital at sassy digital partner in wine at partner in wine uk both on instagram and tiktok um and all of our kind of contact details and whatnot are on there um i do also have a podcast i'm not recording at the moment because i've got a lot on my plate but um it is at the winging it podcast if you do want to find out a little bit more about um how I started both of my businesses and um, hear from some other people who, who know what they're talking about too. Lovely. I'll leave all the links and that below and all the information in the description box. Lucy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.